0: Last week was Halloween. And here's the thing. I'm a South African. I recently moved to the United States and this past Halloween was my first Halloween. And I'll be honest, when on that night when we drove through the streets and I saw people trick or treating with their children, it was weird to me. I've never seen that before. And it may also even seem weird to you similarly that I haven't seen that before because you may be an American or you may be from a country where Halloween is often celebrated. And that's that's the thing, right, is when we celebrate something and as tradition teaches us to or we do something because that is what our parents taught us to do and what they did and what their parents and their parents did. It becomes normal to us and we don't question what we do. But should we? Should we question all things? Of course. Is it not important for us to taste what we do, especially once we start declaring ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ or Christians? The Bible says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, there there's any excellence. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Philippians 4 verse 8. This year, my curiosity was sparked by this Halloween celebration I encountered in America. And so I went ahead to speak to some local American pastors in my community who do celebrate Halloween with their churches to get their perspective on it while they do what they do so I can understand their position. Furthermore, in this video, I'm also going to look at scripture along with their these American pastors, their perceptions. And we're going to test all things so we can understand whether it is God's desire and will for us to exercise this traditional celebration of Halloween, whether it glorifies God and how we are to act in this season as believers in the Bible and Jesus, the Messiah. During my investigation of this, what I found is that there are generally three different camps on this issue of Halloween within the Christian community. We have firstly people who are absolutely fine with all aspects of this feast of Halloween. In, in the dressing up and the trick or treating, giving out candy or, you know, going to ask for candy, basically, they're fine with it all. Secondly, we have people who are OK with the festival, except they don't like all of the dark themes that surround it. So what they'll do is they'll do things like trunk or treat, which we see some American churches do, where they would participate in the Halloween feast, but they would simply avoid the dark themes. They allow their children to dress up like superheroes instead of ghosts or demons or anything that resembles anything more evil. And then thirdly, we have the camp of believers who simply avoids the feast of Halloween altogether and want nothing to do with it. Which one of these camps are more biblically sound? That is what we hope to be learning in this video. And as I said, I actually went to a local pastor and I went to sit down with him and talk to him about this because his church does celebrate trunk or treat or a version of Halloween. Basically, they are the second camp I just described where they don't like the dark themes associated with it, but they also don't avoid it all But before we go to that interview, let's just look at a brief history of Halloween. Where does it really come from? merriam Webster's Encyclopedia of World Religions, as well as various other sources all agree on the origins of Halloween. It says that the Feast of Halloween or All Hallows' Eve and the devotions to the dead on All Saints and All Souls' Day are both mixtures of ancient Celtic, Druid and other pagan customs like Samhain, intertwined with Christian practice. The Feast of Halloween is really an intertwining of various different um, cultural practices, customs of both pagan and Christianity combined. But it all really started in the way beginning with the Salts, who from around 500 BC to 500 AD was practicing the original Halloween feast. They believed on this day that the veil between the living and the dead was thinned out And that it was a time where evil spirits or ghosts would wander about the earth. They would then go and do animal sacrifices as well as dress up themselves as evil things or things that are of the darkness so that they can scare away these evil spirits or ghosts. Now, whether or not we believe in this is not really the point, but this is what they believed regarding it. While the Celtic religion is really in the minority these days. It is also an important note that Satanists, as well as witches and warlocks in the modern day today, do consider Halloween a high holy day of theirs, where they do practice um, satanic rituals, etc. But never mind what the pagans did or still do today. What about Christianity? Well. Christianity picked up on the pagan, original pagan feast of Halloween around the 8th century. And Pope Gregory III tried to rebrand it or Christianize it with the hopes of unifying Christians and pagans. The idea was that if they could take a pagan day and put a Christian branding on it. And instead of it being about scaring away darkness or things like the pagans had ideas, they rather wanted it to be a day where they pray for the dead martyrs who died for Christ or or thank God for the martyrs of the past. Basically changing the custom a little bit while still retaining the exact same date And while adopting many of the same customs like trick or treating or, you know, the dressing up, etc. The Christian version of this day was called All Hallows Eve or All Saints Day. And it was really created with a side objective of hoping that pagans would be drawn into the Christian faith because the christians were at least keeping some of the outline of the pagan customs that they were used to however it is interesting to note that in america most american christians rejected the feast of halloween until very recently the 19th century before then halloween as well as christmas were considered satanic days that Christians abstained from and in some states even made illegal. And so this is why it is worthy to talk about Halloween today, so we can test whether it is really okay for Christians to celebrate it in any way. We are called to be a light to the darkness. We are called to be to go like Jesus did into places where there is. Darkness, where there were people like prostitutes or alcoholics or sinners. Jesus went into those places with the objective of not necessarily partaking. Well, not partaking in their celebrations or their darkness or their sins, but rather in reaching them and showing them love and that he does accept them as they turn from their sins. You see, he had the message of repentance with it. It wasn't just a go on, come as you are and stay as you are message that Jesus had for them, but rather, uh, I see you, I do love you. I do not reject you. Come to me, accept the Father God as your God and for, forsake your idols, turn from your sins and then you are welcome in this new kingdom. He did not compromise the truth in the midst of being in their midst. So as the Halloween decorations started emerging in and around my city, I drove past a church one day, seeing that their entire front yard was filled with pumpkins, with what they call a pumpkin patch. And on the board of the church, it said that they will be having a trunk or treat on the night of Halloween. And this intrigued me. So I walked up to the church one day, hoping to find someone who I could speak with to understand their motives behind what they're doing and and what it is really that they are doing. I'm a South African after all. So I wanted to really understand it. And God soon opened a door on that same day for me to have lunch with the lead pastor of this church. And I'm going to play this interview for you. And then we're going to talk about it. This is what he said.
1: Well, trunk retreat for us we started out uh, wanting to do something besides halloween right and the goobs and the goblins and all the monsters and all the negative right. uh stuff that we just you know right devil and all of that stuff so what we did is we took trunk retreat here's the church and we have a pumpkin patch that we're sitting in today that uh, we took jack-o-lanterns start started selling pumpkins, pumpkin we turned that into harvest festival to now to wear a trunk or treat where we're lining all our cars up decorating the trunks putting candy in Mm -hmm. and the kids come by with their costumes and we're actually just giving them uh candy and we'll have hot dogs and they'll have popcorn and Mm -hmm. candy apples and games and stuff that they'll play and it's a safe place for them to be able to be without Uh having to worry about foolishness and uh and it's a great place for us, for the world to see that the church uh, is not a hotel for saints, but it's a mansion and a hospital right. uh, for actually the hurting.
0: What do you think about people who go and do Halloween? And do you, do you agree with Halloween? Do you think Halloween is a good thing, or what do you think about Halloween?
1: Well, I think it's this. It's again, it's perspective on how you want to think about it. I don't think about. The negative underworld or satanic part of it, sure. because that's not who I am. So, if the kids want to dress up and be superheroes, their cartoons, and want to go, it's a nice way to go get candy. And so, I look at it from a positive view. Uh, I choose not to look at it from a negative view. I'm sure there's other people that think of it a little differently, but you know, sure. I don't see that sure. um, personally. Yeah. I see kids just want little kids just want to have fun.
0: So, there's a lot of people who more recent more recent years have taken the stance that you know there's people basically that that are uh, that are obviously doing the traditional halloween there's people who are doing trunk or tree trying to reach people like yourself and on halloween and then there are people who are believers who totally say that we should separate from this day and not do anything like that what do you what would you say to them what, what do you think why do you think your position is right
1: so being a true disciple of Jesus Christ, what would Jesus do would be one way you could answer that. He went to the people where they were at. He met them right where, square where they're at. Uh, I believe that Jesus was walking around today. He wouldn't have a traditional... He wouldn't have a problem with the traditionals. He'd be right there in the middle of it. He'd just be right there in the middle of trumpetry. And he's never called us to be uh, isolate, isolated from the world. Matter of fact, we're the salt that's supposed to be in the world. So I just, again, it's... Um I think you can if you can live with what you're living with, I guess that's fine, but the way I read the Bible and the way the Holy Spirit of God presses it upon me is that I'm gonna love people right where they're at and that means that I gotta to do that I gotta go where they're at. Mm-hmm. And uh we have done it taken a little step further to make it a safe environment for our children. That's the reason we have Trump I'll Tell you, Peter, I'm just I'm to the point where I don't give a rip what other people say about me. I'm just wanting to do what I believe Jesus. And I think that's the challenge is all of us understand that we need to find our purpose in life. I would hate to think anyone in Christian wants to isolate themselves when Jesus told the church to go out. So I, I would hope there's I would hope there's nobody in the world like that.
0: Now, throughout my conversations and very personal interactions with this dear pastor, one thing became very apparent. And that is that he truly does love Jesus. He in his heart is truly convinced that he is doing a good service unto the Lord throughout all the things that he has been explaining to us. And so that was really my motivation in going to speak to him face to face. Is I truly wanted to understand his heart behind what he does. Because we can be quick to judge people's actions with, as having evil intent, when truly, when we speak to them, we'll find that it's not the case. With that being said, I think that his reasonings and thinkings behind the things that he explained to us is very similar to what we find most churches and pastors explain when they would be doing things like trunk or treat or celebrating Halloween in other similar ways. And so we will be looking at whether it is biblical and what is biblical and what is not. He said some things that are really good and I think that we should acknowledge. There are three main points that I like to talk about, which the pastor addressed. The first being that he is convinced that using this holiday is a way that we can reach the lost, that participating in it in the way that they are doing it is a way that they can go and reach out to the sinner or people that would otherwise not be ever reachable by Christians. And I do agree with the fact, and I think it is an important point that we need to have some sort of participation but the question is is how do we participate in the lives of the world we are called to into this world but we are not of it and so the question is how will we be able to speak into this world the truth the light and be a light bringer without being of the world and doing the things of the world itself There's no doubt about it, that on a night like Halloween, we wouldn't find Jesus locking himself in his room and waiting for everything to pass. And then when the next morning comes, only then unlocking his room to go out. No, instead, he and his disciples would be in the midst of things. They would reach out to the lost and the sinners. But how? What is the means that they would do this? In my conversations with this pastor, he actually talked about how he sometimes goes and goes to a bar to sit in the bar and to reach out to people there who are sinners or people who are lost, people who need help, who need God. And he would go there and he would not drink himself because he is there for a different mission, a purpose, a purpose to reach those who are lost. And I think that is beautiful. I think that We are called into places that where there are sinners so we can reach them. But just like this pastor said, he did not participate in the sin itself. He would not go into a bar to drink with the drunkards. What point would that be? That would not be trying to reach them. That would be partaking and celebrating the sin with them, right? So isn't that exactly, though, what we do on Halloween when we go and we do the exact same things that the world does on a night like this? While we are to be a light. We are to be a light, not darkness. There's no use in trying to be darkness in the midst of darkness, because then we have no more light. If the way that the world celebrates Halloween is by dressing up and giving out candy and taking candy. And we do the same. We're celebrating Halloween, too, because that's how it would be perceived.
1: So I'm just I'm to the point where I don't give a rip what other people say about me. I'm just wanting to do what I believe Jesus. Think-
0: well, we are not to really care about what people think of us as believers. When we are standing up for truth, we ought to very deeply care about people's perceptions and what they think when they think we are participating in darkness or in something that is not holy and righteous and good. The church or body of Christ has a great responsibility, whether we like it or not. The people of this world looks at the church or the people who say that they follow God, the Christians as indicators of the moral standard for the world. For example, If you were to go back 100 years and you were to go to a beach and find a lady dressed in something like a bikini, people would label her as a prostitute, as dressing immorally. And that was really the perception of even the world, even 100 years ago. Then the secular culture will slowly start accepting this new fashion trend and as the time goes on and the world starts slowly adopting it, while the church is still very much against it, slowly the church starts compromising. And as the church or the body of believers start participating in this new secular move of the world, this new fashion way of dressing, it becomes acceptable even in the church culture over the years. And in that moment, We have then proclaimed to the world that this is okay. This is morally acceptable, not just before us, the church or the body of believers, but before God, even if it isn't. The same has happened with Halloween. Up until about the 19th century, Protestant Christians in America they weren't celebrating it. Even though the world was, and even though some Catholics were, since Pope Gregory the Third proclaimed it as being okay, the same thing happened with Christmas. Christmas was illegal in some states of the United States. In Shocked by the Bible by Thomas Nelson, we read, "Shocking as it sounds, followers of Jesus Christ in both America and England helped pass laws making it illegal to observe Christmas, believing it was an insult to God." to honor a day associated with ancient paganism. So it is important for us to not lock ourselves in a room and try and totally isolate ourselves from everything and not be able to be a light, because what use is it if you have a light, but you hid it under a basket? Isn't aren't you supposed to let that light shine for the world and especially in dark places so that people can come to repentance? Surely that is what Jesus would do. But at the same time, we need to be careful of how we are perceived. Even if we feel like we're not celebrating an evil feast, if people perceive of us as doing so, then we may be doing this wrong. So even though this pastor believes that he is not celebrating the pagan origins of this feast or the pagan gods or doing that, he himself admitted to me that Halloween is all about perception. When I asked him if he thinks he is celebrating it, he said that while others may think he is celebrating it by trunk or treat, in reality, he in his heart knows he's not. And interestingly enough, as I spoke to some of his congregants on the day, I actually asked them if they believe they're celebrating Halloween by trunk or treat, and they even said yes. By their own admission, they celebrate a version of Halloween, even if that version of Halloween is different from the traditional way of celebrating it. So the question is, is how is it being perceived? Because the pastor himself admitted to me that outsiders can very well perceive his church as one that does celebrate Halloween in their hope of reaching the lost. Now, here lies the problem is that when outsiders think that we are participating in evil, even if we're truly not, if they perceive we are, we can make them stumble because, like I said, The body of believers and the church's actions to the outside world is like a proclamation to the outside world of what God's moral standard is. Even if that is not truly right, because God's moral standard is not determined by the church. It is determined by him and his word. The fact is, we are ambassadors of his word, and it is our responsibility to walk his word and holiness out so as to not make anyone stumble. Paul, the apostle, spoke about this. He spoke about how we need to be careful about how we act. Even if we think what we and if we know what we do, we're not doing evil. If others perceive it as being evil. It is not right for us to do. One Corinthians eight, verse four. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For though there are may be so called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Yet for us, there is only one God, the father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some through former association with idols, Eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we eat or don't. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For when anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered? to that idol. And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. The brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak. You sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes anyone stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Paul was dealing with an issue in his day where there was meat sacrificed to idols being sold in the marketplaces. And he said, I know and we know that there is no other God but one, Jesus Christ and the Father God. He knows in his heart that when he eats of that meat, even if it's sacrificed to some idol, that it is nothing in the world, that it is fine. But he said that if someone else who had a former association with the idols thinks that he is actually worshipping this idol, or just perceives that Paul is actually worshiping this idol by his eating of the food sacrificed to idols. Then he says he would be sinning against God because he makes his brother stumble, whose conscience is weak. And similarly, we may well know that Halloween, there are no other gods. There are no other idols. There is one God, one Lord. We may know that we don't celebrate the demons when we participate and, and, and do the things that the pagans do on this day. But this is the thing is if a pagan, if an unbeliever, if someone else who has a former association with Halloween sees us celebrating it. If a pagan who today celebrates Halloween as a celebration unto his idol, which many still do today, many Satanists and those in paganism do celebrate Halloween as and make sacrifices to their idols on this day. If they see us doing the things that the world does on Halloween and celebrating this feast, will we not make them stumble to think we are celebrating this feast and that we declare it as being okay to be celebrated? Or even them perceiving us to actually worship an idol, even if in our heart we believe we are not. By that, we can make them think it is okay to worship another god or an idol. And this is what Paul was getting at. And he said that even though you knowing that there is, this is just, there's no other god except for one. And you knowing in your heart, you're not celebrating this idol. If just by your celebration of it, You make someone stumble, you have sinned against your brother and sinned against God. And this is the problem we face. How can we reach the lost on this day while not elevating this day, while not celebrating this day, while not partaking in this day's festivities in the way that the world does? While the Catholic Church tried to redeem this day by stamping the name of Jesus on it. In the 8th century AD, God does not call us to do that. He asks of us to be different, to be set apart and be a light through our set apartness. Not to be set apart in terms of locking ourselves away from everything. No, surely not. But we need to look different from the darkness. You see, at the Feast of Samhain and the way that the pagans The Druids celebrated this originally in 500 B.C. As they thought that if they dressed up like darkness in these costumes, they can ward off darkness. They can fight against darkness. How ironic that that is exactly what we can do today in our hope of warding off darkness. As Christians, we can think that by dressing up. And the way that the darkness dresses up or dressing up in any similar way, but dressing up, nevertheless, because that's how they celebrate this day. We think by that we can ward off darkness. No, don't make the same mistakes that the Samhain's did when they initially thought of celebrating this day. We look different because we don't do what the world does. We look different because we have a light in the darkness. Deuteronomy 12 verse 31 says, Do not inquire about their gods, asking, How do these nations serve their gods? I will do likewise. You won't worship the Lord your God in that way, because what the abominable things are that they do for their gods, the Lord hates it, for they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire for their gods. Even if we try to redeem Halloween as some Christian feast for praying for the martyrs that have died, even though that is a good gesture, possibly. God didn't call us to worship him in any way that the pagans used to use to worship their gods. We need to be careful not to adopt pagan customs to worship our Lord, for he has given us ways already. Three John one verse 11 says that we are not to imitate evil. This is also a problem with those who are trying to dress up as evil characters on this day. We read in 3 John 1 verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whatever does good is from God. whoever does evil has not seen God. And Romans 12 verse 9 says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. So how do we then reach the lost on this day while not celebrating it or esteeming it in any way? How do we go ahead to be a to the people of this world on this day without being mistaken by them for actually celebrating Halloween or perceived by them to celebrate? We don't want them to think that. So how do we go about doing that? So first off, we need to qualify. What does it mean to celebrate or participate in the, the day of Halloween? When I talk about celebrating or participating, I am talking about doing what everyone else does on this day. Or what do we typically mean when we say celebrating Halloween, which in modern times today simply means dressing up in any way or form. And this can be as evil things or not. It is part of celebrating Halloween because that is what you do on Halloween is you dress up. Secondarily, we give out candy or we go to door to door to get candy or anywhere to get candy. These things aren't dressing up or getting candy isn't evil. But because they're associated with this day on this very day of Halloween, you don't want to be doing it. Because anyone who sees you do it will assume and perceive that you are participating in Halloween. What would Jesus do then on this day? He would not be giving out candy. He would not be taking candy and he would not be dressing up. He would, in essence, not be esteeming this day in any way To make it seem like he's celebrating it. But he would be a light. He would go and do what he is supposed to be doing every other day of his life. You see, the life of our Messiah was solid. He did not change his behavior based on what the world was doing. And so he would be doing what he does always. Going out and being hope to the lost. Freedom to the captive. He will open the blind eyes set the captives free. You see, he would simply be doing what he did every Sabbath while the Pharisees were persecuting him, and that is to heal the sick, to go and proclaim the gospel. He would possibly go and gather food and take it to a homeless shelter, or he would go to a place where there is need and give to them. And he when they ask him, why are you doing what you do? He wouldn't tell them I'm doing it because it's Halloween. Because they wouldn't think that because he's not doing what everyone does on Halloween. He's actually bringing freedom. Who is there that brings freedom on Halloween? Is giving out candy, bringing freedom or dressing up, bringing freedom. Or is it actually doing the yokes of bondage in your community or being alive? You see, when they ask him, What are you doing? Why do you do what you do? And they will inevitably ask us that when we do what we do. We will say it's not because of Halloween. It's because I'm his disciple. And that is what Jesus told me to do throughout his word. And because it is something I don't even just do on Halloween. I do it because my lifestyle is a lifestyle of being an outreach. I'm not even esteeming the day of Halloween. I'm not giving it any glory or honor or praise. Because what I do is not abnormal for me. It is what I do every day. And that is what Jesus would do. Isaiah 58 verse 6. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor in your house? When you see the naked, to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? In Isaiah 58, he is speaking about fasting and the typical means of fasting bread or fasting, whatever. And you can see this in a similar way of fasting. What your flesh desires to do, the flesh desires to celebrate Halloween. The flesh desires to do what everyone else does on this day. But Yeshua says, did I not desire something greater? That is to oppra- to free the oppressed, to give food to the hungry and to break every yoke. Don't be a pointing one who just points finger at unrighteousness. Yet you aren't a light yourself in the midst of the darkness. Go into the darkness because there's no it's no use for us to stay locked up in our rooms because then you're no better than anyone else. You're supposed to go out and be a light and then people will see something is different and then they'll want to be free from their bondages. And the last motivation that I'd like to touch on that my pastor friend had is that he said that they do trunk retreat because if it is an avenue for his children and the children of the church to be able to have fun by letting them dress up as superheroes.
1: So, if the kids want to dress up and be superheroes, their cartoons, and want to go, it's a nice way to go get candy.
0: And so, we see that there are. Really, the primary motivation may be to reach the lost, but there is certainly a big motivation to for the children to simply have an avenue to have fun in this day. I want to submit to you that the biggest problem with celebrating Halloween is not just the appearances of evil that we may put on or how people perceive us, but it is how those who celebrate Halloween. When we do that, we oftentimes do it because we have abandoned the actual feast days of our father, the biblical feast days that he has laid out in his word for us to observe. You see, God has made us with a whole, a desire in our heart that needs to be filled, a desire to celebrate his feast days, a desire to do what he told us to do. And all of us, I believe, truly knows that there is something missing and that we need to celebrate him in some way. You see, his feast days are that avenue for our children. They are the fun factor that we can introduce our children to instead of introducing them to the festivals of this world and hoping that they would take fun and pleasure in those things. God has given us beautiful biblical feast days, such as the festival of Passover, where children can take. Search for bread, which represents sin in our house and take all the leavened bread out of the house. This is a commandment in scripture of how to observe this feast because leaven represents sin. And so taking that leavened bread out of the house, searching for it, taking it out is that picture of removing sin from our homes. We have that in the festival of unleavened bread. Then we also have the festival of first fruits where Yeshua was resurrected from the dead. We have the Feast of Pentecost. We have the festival of Sukkot, where God calls us to do a wave offering to wave before him branches and willows of the brick. Sukkot is also a feast where we are actually instructed to go camping, to take our families out, to go and build our sukkah, which is a temporary dwelling place, and to pray and read the Bible there and simply go on a little time out A time when we can spend with our families and with the father away from the things of this world. We have also then the Feast of Trumpets, where God calls us to blow trumpets, where our children can have fun in blowing trumpets, blowing the trumpet or the shofar, which is reminiscent of how our Messiah will come back at that day as prophesied throughout the scriptures, where it it would be as a day of a blowing of trumpets. Then we have the Day of Atonement. And these feasts all are feasts that we can take joy and pleasure in. These are feasts that when we celebrate them, we will find fulfillment and we won't need to take traditions and lift traditions above the word of God to celebrate a tradition because we don't know about the biblical feasts. And brothers, sisters, here's my thing is I understand if you've never heard about this and I have grace and mercy on you if you haven't, because I myself was ignorant of these things. I didn't know that there were seven feast days and that many of them are even unfulfilled and that they are very relevant for prophecy today. I didn't know it. But as God introduced them to me, I found no more pleasure in the feasts of this world. I didn't need them anymore because what he gave was enough and was there to satisfy me and the hearts of any children that we may have. So here are five reasons to celebrate God's biblical feast days instead of traditional feasts that are not in the Bible. Number one is simply that God's feasts are biblical. They are in the Bible. And isn't it good to do what is in the Bible instead of replacing it with things that aren't? Secondly, his feasts teach us about different aspects of God and his love, his timeline and ultimate return. The feast days of God is on a calendar, on his calendar, and it actually is prophetic. And it teaches us about him. Halloween teaches us nothing about God. It has no profit in us and our spiritual growth. And so God desires us to celebrate his feast because it actually each and every one of them teaches us how to live and how to get closer to him and also about the future prophecy. How I mentioned that there will be a day of trumpets where he will come back as a blowing of trumpet, the feast of trumpets. We have a day of atonement, which is Judgment Day, where we will be where the world will be judged. And then we have Sukkot, the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we will dwell with him at his table if we are accepted into his kingdom. These are just three examples of his feasts and how they are prophetically significant. His feast serves as a cyclical reminder for us to evaluate or audit our lives in light of his second coming through repentance. Each and every single one of God's feasts have an underlining message of repentance, turning from our sins and towards him. If we celebrate his feast every year, we will find ourselves to be continuously introspecting our hearts for sins that may be slipping through into our lives. And this is essential in our walk of continuous repentance before our father so that we can be made more and more into his image, the image of our Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, every year. Halloween, it does not teach us anything about repentance. Also, next, his feasts are his. God's festivals belong to him. Contrary to popular belief, they are not Jewish or belonging to some people group. They are given to all of God's people, everyone who is part of the faith through Jesus and Jesus himself and his disciples, as well as the early church, including Paul, the Apostle celebrated the feasts of our father. God said in his word in Leviticus that these are to be celebrated throughout your generations forever. They're not to pass away and they are his festivals. They belong to him and him alone. They don't belong to the world or some pagan culture or or they're not filled with some pagan custom. They're his and his alone from him for him. And it's our worship to him. So in the beginning of this video, we talked about the three main camps within Christianity that have their different perceptions on Halloween. The first. They think Halloween is fine in all its aspects. The second think that Halloween is okay, but some themes of it are questionable. This is probably the position of our pastor friend that we have interviewed here. And thirdly, we have the group of people who believe that everything needs to be avoided with Halloween and Christians have to have nothing to do at all in any way with this. I want to submit to you that all of these camps incorrect. And the biblical response is that God desires to walk as Yeshua, as Jesus would walk towards this feast and he would walk in a way where he does not celebrate it, but he also does not completely avoid it. He does not lock himself into a room and hope for it to go away one day. Instead, he would go out to be a light in the midst of it. He would go out to feed the poor. To bring freedom to the captives, just like he would always do. He would not treat this day differently, but he would be walking out his calling on this day as with all other days. And so God calls us to do that. To not celebrate it, but also not to toss it aside, but to be a light in the midst of it. I hope that this teaching has blessed you and given you a revelation about how to walk in the midst of these pagan feasts such as Halloween. And I encourage you to next year when Halloween comes along to rethink your strategy regarding what you will do on this day. What will you do? Will you avoid it? Will you celebrate it? Or will you be a light in the midst of it? A light that says I am a light not because of Halloween, but because of my Messiah, who is the light, the father of lights for all the world. For more information on the feast days discussed in this video, please look at our videos in our playlist. The father's festivals, which will teach you much more about these beautiful feasts of our father. For more information on the history and other things regarding Halloween and whether God cares about whether we celebrate it or not. Please watch our video called Halloween. Does God care? I hope that this video has blessed you and inspired you to walk more as Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, walked. Walked. Please share this video with your friends. Like it, subscribe to this YouTube channel for more videos like this and a special shout out and thank you to our partners and patrons who have made this video and every other video this month possible. Thank you guys so incredibly much for your support blessings.